Have, have you had a chance to play it? Yeah, uh, we talked about it on the podcast. I don't remember at all. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Another Dead Pixel, a podcast about games, TV, movies, used to be about anime, we'll get to more of that later, and life and everything in between. I'm your host today, Joseph, and with me, the guy who said he could take on a velociraptor with his bare hands, Nick. How are you doing, Nick? Doing pretty good. The trick is you got to take them by the hands because they actually have... I mean, everybody thinks of the T-Rex as having, you know, small little, two little fingers. But, you know, Velociraptors actually have small hands, too. It's the feet you got to watch out for. So if you can get him into, like, a wrestling stance, you can take him down pretty easily, I think. See, I don't know. I always I always feared that they'd be, like, you know, uh, when you're trying to fight a kangaroo and, you know, how they they use that back tail for their, you know, for leverage and buoyancy. I always feared that that was going to happen. And once they get their feet back, you know, that claw is just going to, you know, rip you to shreds. So I figured you just never stand a chance. Well, I mean, that remains to be seen. Fortunately, it can't be proved definitively. All right. And I guess, are you team feathers or scales? I mean, it's not like a team thing. It's like... Like, which do I think looks better or which do I think is a fact? Yes. So, unfortunately, I think that that uh, the scales, which is how I was raised, but, like, the scales than being, like, big lizards, that's cooler to me because I guess it's closer to being, like, a dragon in a weird way. But factually, I'm pretty sure science has definitively proved that they all had feathers, at least all the ones that we think are cool, like the T-Rex and and uh, and Velociraptor, uh, which is kind of sad, but I think that's just sort of the way of it. Um, well, okay, I'm going to tell you this, though. Uh, science doesn't definitively prove anything, because science also definitively proved when I was a kid that they had scales and Pluto was a planet. So I'm waiting for science to reverse those things and make sure that Pluto becomes a planet again and you know, velociraptors are actually giant again. So some people have rejected the idea that Pluto is not a planet. I mean, it's, it's sort of silly. I think they were getting kind of planet happy back then from, from what I've heard. I, we, I mean, my argument would be we already have it. We've already named it. It doesn't really matter whether it's a planet or not. So just, Freaking leave it, you know, just explain what it I, is. I look at it as it's as part of the history and we should continue it in our naming because if they're going to learn about, you know, uh, Roman gods, uh, then you're going to be like, there's Pluto. Wait, what's, what's Pluto? <laughs> you know, for the newer generation. And it's just, it's weird. Just keep it going. It's, well, who's it hurting by saying, you know, by excluding it now? You know, that's, someone wants to their name on the record book saying, I'm the one who killed the planet. It's me. I'm the one who got it expunged, and that's that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I didn't really understand. I mean, I, I understood the argument, but it's like uh, I don't care enough. Just keep it a planet. Why do you have to destroy everything? That, that my and child Steve Irwin dying at the same time, like all happened over a course of uh, one phone call from when I was in basic training. We got a bunch of we heard over the intercom. You know, attention all privates, attention all privates. Steve Irwin has died. And half of us are like, oh my God, what happened? Uh, the other ones were like, who's Steve Irwin? We're like, the crocodile. Like, like you know, guys, like, what? Crikey. And then we all, you know, 
and so like did he get eaten and then we the we had phone calls uh we were able to make phone calls that day and so like almost everyone asked about that and then one person got off uh, the phone being like hey guys i heard pluto's not a planet anymore <laughs> we we're like what did it get destroyed we had no outside information did a meteor hit it like we had no idea what was going on so yeah that was um Dude, that was a wild weekend steve Irwin's death like that should not have mattered as much as it did like it's like oh yeah it's very sad i get that but whenever he died that was national that was probably pl- at least the western world that was news over the whole western world for sure from australia to to uh, all the way back to britain for sure all the english-speaking countries um because he was loved and beloved by everybody and for him to die so suddenly was just freaking wild yeah i mean he was a he was most definitely like a you know his leader in his field household name and teaching yeah and teaching people you know all about you know all about nature so no the uh so yeah that's uh no, that when it comes to just expunging and changing history and stuff like that, I'm like that's just messed up, man. I just you can't tell me dinosaurs have feathers. Uh, not when not when all like all the movies I grew up watching say otherwise. I mean, they um, say that they found like things on the bones that say that mean that they had feathers, but yeah, they probably come up with some other reason why they didn't later. Who knows? Um, all right, it's whatever. Right. Well, then, uh, just uh, so. Uh, we just we're filming this now on the 30th uh so right before new year uh you know we just christmas just happened uh so how was yours man did you how do you make out do you celebrate with family do you celebrate solo oh yeah uh, um me and my family went and uh, we went, went to the movies uh some movie I'll talk, I'll talk about later but uh we kind of we did that on christmas day and you know it's down in texas so it's not it doesn't normally get super cold here but uh but uh, christmas eve and a couple of days before it was getting pretty dang cold i think i think it got cold throughout the whole country but but it was getting pretty cold here so i didn't i didn't uh i didn't do too much but christmas eve actually was sort of the main christmas um thing for us we watched the cowboys game we watched uh cowboys beat the shit out of the eagles uh that was a christmas miracle for us and um uh yeah so i opened some gifts and got some good stuff i was pretty happy about it so yeah it was nice how about you what'd you get uh, uh see well i didn't really get much uh this shirt was about the the gist of the the best of my outcome for actual christmas so yeah, yeah that's the uh, akira bike uh drawn there on the front yeah so anyone who knows um the Haynes Manual uh, for automotive. It's for to to make it simple. It's the Prima Guide for uh, for cars. Right. So if you need to do some uh, auto maintenance, uh, yeah, you used to go ahead and before looking it up all on the internet, you'd get this giant phone book of a thing, and uh, yeah, that's how you'd fix your car if you wanted to try to do it yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, I I don't I'm not really sure what website she got it from, uh, but it was. Uh, yeah, my wife got has good taste when it comes to things like that, and uh, she knows I'm nerdy like that. So I'm like, ah, cool. I didn't know I wanted it, but I do now. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, uh, kids had a good time, uh, and we had some. The in laws came in from out of town, so we got to spend some time with them. Uh, thank you for your gift as well, and also thank you for the card. Uh, no, you're the welcome. card came like 
that came yeah. like uh, the Wednesday after, but it, we still got it. Yeah, I, I mailed them, I guess, too late because uh, I thought I mailed them in plenty of time, like two or three days. But because uh, of Christmas, I guess the mail was just super slow. So it is what yeah, it is, but it was, I'm glad you got it. It was funny because I actually got another. I got two from your same postal, like, you know, stamp or, you know, like I, I'm like, wait a minute. This one, I knew it was you. I'm like, who's this other one? But it was literally the same corner, like post office approved, you know, and I'm not going to dox you, so don't worry. Uh, but okay. yeah, I was just Thank like, you. I'm like, wait, who do we know? And then it turns out it was like a, like uh, a cousin-in-law or something like that. I'm like, that's weird. We don't talk to them, but they were nice enough to give us a card. And apparently they live in within your you know, zip code vicinity. So. Wow. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for weird. sure. I didn't know that until I just got this card. I'm like, oh. I didn't know they had our address, but apparently they do. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it gives us an, a, a reason, another reason to uh, come, maybe come down and visit you one of these days, and then we can visit, you know, make it a, a family thing as well, and be like, yeah, we're we're do, making the rounds, you know. Make it a family so, affair. That'd be cool. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So I'm glad Christmas went well for you, and uh, you know, the impossible pivot. Okay. So now, uh, this is episode 34 of Another Dead Pixel. <laughs> Nick, what do you got for news? <laughs> uh not a lot not a lot uh coming down to the wire here at the end of the year and not a whole lot going on but there is some stuff um probably the biggest thing which is a little bit of an extension of a of a news thing that happened i think back in november i don't remember if we covered it but i do kind of remember seeing it uh sonic co-creator yuji naka has been indicted on insider trading Back in November, he was arrested on similar charges, but that was about Dragon Quest. Um, this one, dang it, I have the news story. Um, this one was about um, he, he was he was buying stock in in aiming, spelled A I M I N G, um, just before it was publicly confirmed. That was developing uh, the mobile title Dragon Quest Tech. So this is an extension of that. Well, he's been like arrested again or something, and doesn't it doesn't look it doesn't look great. He's um uh he is um being accused of of uh doing this insider trading. And uh, if you don't know very much about the Japanese justice system. I think they have like a 99 or 98% conviction rate, um, which should make you angry <laughs> to hear that because that's not possible. Um, but anyway, so he is probably going to go to prison uh, for this, whether he did it or not, or at least he'll be punished some way, fined or something, uh, whether he, he did it or not. But it does kind of look sort of bad but anyway just uh sonic co-creator um got my attention so i thought i'd bring that up uh yeah, yeah uh for sure uh japan is your guilty until proven innocent um and actually uh in the most recent game uh franchise the judgment series um oh yeah you know yeah uh, i think it was judgment eyes in the japanese title. judge eyes yeah yeah so uh there's uh, they end up having that's that's a big premise of it is you know he's a uh defense attorney gets a dude off uh of a crime uh for i think it was murder or assault or something like that murder, and then yeah. 
and then he ends up murdering uh it, like someone else and so it's it's a big deal uh and that kind of is the start of the game so no real spoilers uh but yeah uh that and also if anyone's ever played the ace attorney series games they 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 make even though it's a it's a caricature of a legal system but they also make reference to like the high conviction rate in that as well yeah yeah it's uh it's pretty it's pretty scary um so just know that you know if you ever go to japan um don't get arrested because you'll probably get convicted but yeah so um that's kind of interesting i'd like to keep track of it and see well what actually happens to him and what uh what kind of uh punishment gets passed down or if he gets uh gets off um next thing is um another kind of a small story uh capcom shuts down two fan-made uh remakes of resident evil games um during development so i I saw this story and i thought it was interesting but then when i looked at kind of who was making it I, i didn't i wasn't inspired by the YouTube channel of the person that was making this um, didn't really seem very professional and didn't have anything about the actual games, but I, I don't know. I guess I liked that Capcom was paying attention to these guys, probably trying to get, uh, trying to get some kind of notoriety or whatever, talking about their development of, the, of these games and Capcom going ahead and saying, Hey, Hey, you can't do that. Like, we're going to come after you if you do that. So let's save you some time and some money and just go ahead and tell you that we know what you're doing and stop. And I, I like that more than like the, the Nintendo way of like letting it go all the way and become like this really big thing. And then like chopping it off at the, at the ankles. Um, uh, at least, uh, we don't have to like, I mean, maybe these guys would have made something great and we'd have been like, Oh dang, like resident evil. This is like a really cool, like remake. Uh, Oh, but we're getting like denied have it, having it because the big corporation is, 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 uh, you know, smashing the little guy. Um, at least we don't have to go through that. We can just be like, well, it never was, and so we don't have to worry about it. Yeah, well, they've had a history of uh, shutting down fan-made games. You know, they did the they did similar uh, to uh, Resident Evil Four, yeah, uh, and I'm pretty sure they did the same to like two as well. Uh, but they've in this case, it um, I believe it was Resident Evil, uh, the base game, and it was Code Veronica That's right. that were the fan-made uh, targeting. So. You know, uh, Code Veronica is kind of the uh, black sheep of the Resident Evil family. A lot of people don't really know it exists, uh, or like since it's not a numbered series, kind of like the Survivor, uh, Resident Evil Survivor series, which Code Veronica was technically Survivor Two in the arcade in Japan. Well, Uh, it's a it's a bit of a dark horse candidate because I've heard many people say that yes, there's parts of it that are like the back part of it is like bad but the front part they say is like really really good so anyway i just wanted to kind of uh, give that context yeah and then you know of course remaking the original i mean you know the re- the original feels like it wasn't you know it was just done not that long ago uh but honestly it's if it's all kind of being cobbled from the original like gamecube remake uh, and so they everything's just kind of reiterating on those. So you could 
do a new you know refreshing twist off the original um well if if they were going to keep doing these i imagine that they would stop with four like they're going to put out uh and they would probably neglect doing a five or six for a while because those are those are getting to be pretty recent um and they would instead go to something like going back to uh remake the remake of re1 and then yeah like uh code veronica is is like a is like a close is like a close miss for a lot of people um and so there's a lot of promise there so that one they might also go hey this is kind of a fan you know like a cult fan favorite we can actually go through remake this make it better and make money off of it so it doesn't definitively mean that they're going to make these because they're shutting down these fan-made games but it's definitely a, a clue in that direction that they might have plans to to go ahead and, and redo that and so they don't want anybody yeah. messing with their, well, their money they also have to protect themselves no matter what through precedence because you know if, if if they don't stop this then what they're therefore they they can't stop you know it'll be harder to stop anything else um honestly they should be they you know i don't really think uh, I think they are. I think they should remake uh, five and six, uh, especially six. Six was such a sloppy game, in my opinion. Uh, five, five is a stupid game, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, I've had I've beaten that game more than any Resident Evil game, on, uh, with just one particular. But that's because of those two players and a buddy of mine. Uh, we've we've played it multiple times on. I think we beat it on almost everything except for the PS4. Oh yeah. Uh, that it's been released on. Every time it comes out on a new a new system, new remake, you know, like we had, we'd always get it and play through it again. Yeah, uh, it was good. You know, it's a good background game while you catch up with friends. It's you know, it's Chris at his finest of boulder boulder punching, you know, over the top mayhem, and then just six was just incomprehensible. Is yeah, there's something wrong with that game, and that's there's that meaning there's nothing right with it. Uh, they could remake zero again. Uh, because when yeah, they kind of did a, yeah. they did touch ups to zero. Um, it's been a while now, but when they did that, everyone got upset because like it's a perfect game for two player, and they completely just you know left it a single player game. I'm like, but if you could make that game a two player game, that would be amazing. Um, you know, so there, there's there's a few things they can do uh, to to touch up those old games, and. Yeah, uh, I I do actually kind of curious if they do uh, Code Veronica again, uh, but yeah, it's I so, like their remakes. I think that Catcom's been doing a lot of good things lately in the the Resident Evil series, whether it be um, the single player stuff or the first person perspective or the remakes. They're all I'm all fan of those, so it's it's good. So these guys who are doing this fan development, they said a couple of things. They said they said first of all, they said. We weren't planning to make any money off of it. We were just going to give it away for free. And I was kind of like, well, that's what you're saying now. Uh, okay. Um, and secondly, they said, well, we're just going to take what we've done so far and we're going to make a game that alludes to, you know, that's like a spiritual successor to those games. And I was just like, why didn't you guys just decide to do that in the first place? Like, <laughs> just like... Like if you're gonna go through all this work and you're gonna make a spiritual successor, like why don't you just plan to make a little bit of money off of it instead of giving it away for free, which sounds highly dubious to me. Uh, but it just it was just like okay, like whatever. I'm 
I'm I'm glad that they stopped you. But I just I know people like like to make games, and it's 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 easier now to make games than ever before. But you know, just do you have to make it with somebody else's property? Like no. All right. So never underestimate the fandom. Yeah. That's uh, true. I mean, that's the thing is because uh, the uh, when it came to Resident Evil Four. Uh, the fans went to such extremes to uh, to find actual images of buildings and locations, the castle, stuff like that, to get high-res textures so they can remake assets themselves uh, for the modding community. Yeah. Uh, and also, it's uh, free publicity. Uh, so, hey, we're going to make this thing, and there's going to be a couple routes this can go. If they, if they can us, well, now people know we exist, and now we have at least uh, we're in the rumor mill. People mm-hmm. can at least be, oh, yeah, I remember that thing back then. That's from those guys. Okay. Um, it could go well. They can finish their thing, and everyone will know who they are because they finished their project. Or possibly, uh, maybe they'll get hired on by Catcom if they're gonna like if they like what they see. Right. Because uh, that's happened before with a lot of these so, uh, fan projects. We'll we'll take one person, or if it's a single passion project like the Metroid or something like that, you know, like. Hey, we're gonna cancel. Um, you know, said it was the Return of Samus. Uh, you know, the remake, and then they took him and helped to bring him into the fold to make the actual game, if I remember correctly. So what you're saying is, it's either a big win, it's a small chance, but it's a big win, or it's a it's a small win by getting notoriety and and free, you know, marketing newspaper articles written about you and stuff. Um, and that's what's most likely to happen because you're probably not gonna get you know, fully prosecuted and sent to jail or having to even pay a fine. They're just going to ask you to, to stop uh, because it's the cheapest option for everybody. But you're at least getting some kind of of uh, word of mouth uh, notoriety from it at the, at the very least. So, yeah, okay, exactly. that makes sense. And, and you might, it might even work out connections with people who be like, yeah, we liked what you did or, uh, hey, we're like-minded people. We you... were doing something similar. You got caught. We obviously are going to stop because we're going to get caught. We're going to get canceled too. But let's collaborate on something. You know, there's, collaborate there's, and there's, take there's a lot of assets and make potential benefits. That's you know? true. Yeah, that is true. I guess uh, swinging for the fences is, um, is the way to do it. Um, last little story here, um, not about video games per se, though it might affect games, uh, video games um, still. Uh, so it's about Dungeons & Dragons. Um, so it's a little bit hard to understand, and i got to be honest, I didn't go through the article with a fine-tooth comb, but essentially uh, um, Wizards of the Coast, who's owned by Hasbro, but Wizards of the Coast um, owns and makes materials the official materials for dungeons and dragons um and they are saying that they are going to introduce some new copyright rules for the dungeons and dragons property um the the reasoning behind this is that like in in the old days nobody really cared because it was like hey you make your own D stuff and you sell it a little bit and you, you make a couple bucks it's fine uh, but that was when the D and D community was much smaller, much less mainstream, um, much more underground. And nowadays you have, because of YouTube and Twitch and stuff, um, you have professional, uh, voice actors and writers who are, uh, 
turning these home games into literally multi-million dollar uh, enterprises using D&D. So, so uh, Wizards of the Coast is like kind of pulling their hair out with um, trying to make this, you know, sort of work uh, on Critical Role. They have, they always have um, an ad. Uh, and I think that they, I think that, like I've been watching some Critical Role from season one, and um, a couple times they mentioned Pathfinder, uh, like they, like uh, those guys like used to play like a lot of Pathfinder, and they're having they're having trouble getting into the rules of D and D because they're different. Um, so I thought it was interesting. I was kind of wondering if maybe they used to play Pathfinder and they switched over to D and D because it's more marketable or, or whatever. But anyway, um, so, so basically what people think is that as long as you're small time with these new copyright rules, whatever they end up actually being, as long as you're small time, uh, Wizards of the Coast is not going to bother you. But after the new rules come about, if you start up a, a podcast or a uh, or a YouTube channel or you make a bunch of like really cool materials for D&D and it gets super famous and you make a bunch of money then they think that uh Wizards of the Coast is going to come knocking with their lawyers and saying hey we need you to go ahead and pay us a substantial amount of money because you got famous and rich off of our copyrighted material um or at least our copyrighted game our rules or whatever. So that's what people are thinking might be the case, but for now nobody nobody really really knows yet because it's not been officially concretely announced. Um but I thought it was interesting cuz that would be a pretty big shakeup I think in that world if uh depending on what comes to pass. Yeah, well when you you mentioned critical role, I mean Matt Mercer uh is huge with D&D Beyond. And he's made he's made whole new characters and books and you know things that have become official D and D character sheets and everything like that. Yeah. Um, you can make uh, their version of an expansion, or I'm I'm drawing a blank at like the, what you call like a scenario or um, campaign. It's kind of like an enclosed like um, segment, and I'm, I completely forgot what the word is for like a one shot. Yeah, it's kind of a one shot, but it's also like, um, you know, it's 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 something it's something like a one shot mixed between um or, or an expansion, but it's not quite an expansion. Uh, but yeah, you you can make other you know materials for it, and I mean, people like Matt Mercer has done just leaps and bounds and helps really extend the name of it. Uh, but then you got stuff like Pathfinder and a bunch of other games that just you know like we we base our rule set off of the D twenty system. Uh, and so it's just like it's very much the way those rules work. That's how our rules work. Now just take the rest of the characters and scenarios and roll with that. You know, like that's you know. So Pathfinder was very, um, I think it was D uh, three point five uh, adjacent. Uh, so uh, that's and it was a lot. You know, they had some things streamlined. I know a lot of people who play it. Uh, they really like it. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I used to play D twenty modern, uh, which was a uh, it was a current settings, uh, you know, timeline game. Uh, so you had 
but you had fantasy creatures. So, you know, is, you know, think um, something like Underworld where okay. the monsters are like just behind, just behind closed doors or like, you know, Hellboy or something like that, where, you know, you go to a bar and then all of a sudden that's, you know, people are in disguise, but that's what they are. They're the monsters that you're hunting. Uh, you had, and then you had just like pages and pages of firearms, <laughs> like, or modern weapons. And, but the, it was all based off the D20 system. Uh, so, I mean, I can see them changing copyright. So if I try to make my own, uh, I would get in trouble or, I, or I have to go through the right channels and then they have to get their cut from my book being sold, uh, or my yeah. new game rule, you know, so I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely a, a weird thing. I don't, I don't know what's going to end up happening with it. Hopefully not, not too much. Cause, um, if they try to clamp down too much, then it, it, uh, it might, it might kind of ruin the basically the meteoric rise that that D and D has had in the past uh, five or so years. Um, but then again, like a lot of people are locked into D and D now. Um, it is a really good system, and there's a lot of material, and it it just works really well. Um, and everything that comes out, as far as like a any kind of helper materials for that kind of game always at least works with with D. it might also work with you know pathfinder or, or whatever it usually does but at the very least if those people want to make money they make sure that it works with uh with that 5e system so anyway interesting uh to see where that goes but that is all that i've got for the newsy news um so yeah go throw it back to you all right well, and now we'll get down to uh, what we've been playing. Uh, so, all right, uh, I think uh, I'll go ahead and kick this one off. Uh, I went ahead and played uh, Somerville. Okay. Uh, this is a game on uh, Game Pass, and it's you know I think it's like a twenty-five, thirty-dollar game. Uh, it's, uh, I guess you know the the quickest way to say it is it's a. Uh, it's a shorter game, and it kind of plays somewhat similar to a Inside or um, a Limbo. Uh, it has it's very uh, reminiscent of those. It's not the same team. It's very much a different group. I think maybe one person is slightly connected from Inside, but I mean, uh, other than that, it's just it's a very uh, it's just very similar atmosphere. It's a game that has zero like actual speaking. Uh, and it's all done by just you know what, having your characters move around in the world, and essentially it's a. I, I'm not going to tell talk about it too much because it's a short game. You can do it all in like four hours. Okay. Um, you know, so maybe five if you really take your time. Um, so the the the, the simple premise is, uh, the Earth is under attack, and you you know things go chaotic, and you get you know separated from your family. And so you're kind of um, trying to find your family while avoiding getting caught by like aliens, essentially, or whatever, whomever these invaders are. It does sound a lot and, like uh, Limbo and um, an inside. Yeah. So this one has a has little, you know, has more of a three dimensional map as far as you have, you know, you you don't have to, you don't go just straight from left to right. Okay. You have more depth, uh, so you can wander the yard a little bit, which is which is fine. But the problem with these games that I've always had with is they don't really give you the sense of speed that you need. Uh, so a lot of it's slow lumbering and then like, you know, to go look around and then there's like nothing there. And then you're going, okay, well now I'm going to waste more time having to double back. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, especially later on in the game, because I honestly think this game could be done cut out in half if you had like the run button and if you quit, you know, making me do some monotonous things like walking slowly with a light mm. um, and making my way through. I'm like, I, it's this not a scary moment. It's just me literally cutting a path. And it's just like, but I'm slowly cutting my path. I'm like, dude, there's no reason for me to cut slowly cut a path. So or walking in water. I don't need to walk in water. You can make me just go fast. Where's so, my fast button? So <laughs> there's a, I just, so you talking about this makes me think of uh, Jeff Bacalar, um, who was on Giant Bomb. Uh, he always used to ask, uh, how's the running around in that game? And I always thought that was like a whatever question, just like a, kind of a kickoff question, but it's actually pretty important. And what you're talking about exemplifies why, because a lot of games are like running around. And if you're not moving well, uh, or if the movement is not inherently interesting or fun, or at least like getting you to the next thing very quickly, then that game can really come to um, a pretty bad uh, experience pretty quickly. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I would say it has a very strong first hour of the game. Like, the opening bits are really good. The music's, you know, like, pretty on point. It gives you a very strong vibe of what the game could be. Uh, by the end of it, I felt like the it was very different from how I originally expected it. I thought it was... There wasn't enough in-game storytelling to kind of explain what i wanted it to explain because it was it left me confused like how did you make this leaps of jumps you know to to get this to this point because there, there's like there i feel like i was missing a chapter or something mm-hmm. um and then you know luckily the game doesn't have too many collectibles it's pretty simple that way they have chapter select so you can it makes it quite a bit easier if you if you miss something uh and it lets you it has it's one of those games that has multiple endings uh how you get those multiple endings like without looking it up i have no idea because essentially you're you're communicating with some people that you can't you don't have any real form of communication and at first the ending i got i just copied like oh, you wow. can mimic them kind of so i'm like oh i mimic them it did a thing and boom i got it and then i looked up i'm like there's all these other ways you can try to communicate i'm like there's no way that you'd get that pattern um, to try to communicate in that sequence like naturally that or at least I don't feel that w- it would be the case. Yeah. So I got like there's like four different four or five different endings. Um, and luckily they restart you from pretty much the start of the last sequence so that you can just knock those out. And that was nice of them. So they didn't have to, you know, pick one and then be done with it. Uh, you can actually just get those. Yeah. So I, I did everything I could in the game. I got the full uh achievement set and i mean it was it was entertaining i like said i just felt that it was just dragged on a little too long uh mostly because by the time i was done with i'm like yeah okay i know it just just go this isn't i don't know there's just the first the first hour maybe the first half was was really good like solid and then the rest of it just kind of for me personally just did not keep the pace so yeah sounds like a good game pass game something that uh you really don't want to have to regret paying for, but I feel that's the thing is I feel like the reason why a game like this is padded out, I, like padded out to this the length is to guarantee uh, if you did play it to completion, you wouldn't be able to return it. Yeah, 
Yeah, that is gonna. That is one thing that people were saying back whenever they did start that two hours for on Steam, that it would start to affect uh, games that were good but were were short. They'd just get padded out and basically kind of be ruined. But you know that's kind of um, that's kind of a sad reality, unfortunately. Um, yeah, it it uh, it sounds. I'm I'm glad that you played it. I remember, I remember seeing something about this, but it didn't. Uh, interest me enough to go and try to to do it so i'm glad that that uh, you saved me the trip so thank you for that it was like i said that the beginning bit was very entertaining i had a feeling it gave me a vibe and a sense of like uh urgency and threat and like oh like this is this is sounds seeming like it's going to be a really good game uh too bad it just didn't deliver with all that from the start and you know it is what it is but i would say it's you know, it's an okay game. If you want to play it, play it. I'm not going to tell people not to. Uh, but at the same time, I can't really say go out of your way. But if you're on a kick or like if you like games like uh, Inside and Limbo, uh, something where it's um, an interesting story being told without really being, telling you too much. And if you like that kind of walking around type, you know, then then, then sure, this isn't that bad. Um, you know, it's unfortunately it's just not that great. Uh, so, yeah. That's that's what I played, primarily. So go for it. What what have you been up to, man? So I dipped into a couple of different games, um, and I I some of them I'm not ready to talk about, so leave those for later. But one that I did play uh, is Pentiment, also on Game Pass. Um, this game is a by Obsidian. Came out uh, not too long ago, back in. October or November, I feel like maybe yeah. it was even later. Um, I I talked about it shortly after it first came out. Okay, um, I have have you had a chance to play it? Yeah, uh, we talked about it on the podcast. I don't remember at all. Um, <laughs> I didn't get too terribly far into it, but uh, and then it, when I had to restart it, I had to leave the computer, and uh, when I came back to it, it put me back a little farther than I would like to have. Uh, so due to the autosave, so I was like, "Yep," I, and I never quite got back into it again. So oh. spoilers for the early part of this game in case you don't want to hear this. Um, but I'm just going to ask, ask you, Joe. So did you get to the, to the Abbey? Yeah. Did you help the nun? Uh, no, uh, actually the, I got to just, it was just about that point where I had to turn off it. And then it brought me back to the village short, like before you met the, um, Oh wow, uh, the noble. Oh wow, it should. Wow, it should have been. Um, oh, that's weird because mine because was... it, because it moved because I went multiple screens. You know, you and you're talking to multiple different people, and I'm like, so it should have me like maybe at worst maybe the auto save yeah the, the section before, and it didn't. It had me jump like just after the village, the town square. It reloaded me to that, and I'm like, I wonder. No, I'm good. I wonder. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I wonder if since it, you, maybe you played it earlier than me, if it was an earlier build and it had some kind of glitch or something that they corrected for me later or something. But and, okay, anyway. So um, about you the you can go ahead and spoil it. It's fine. I don't care. I, I didn't play much further than the than than you did. It sounds like um, but I did play through helping the nun, and by that point after that. I kind of got to see a little bit of the power of this game. Um, 
This is a game that if you decide to play it, you should play it as it is as a as a visual novel. You're you're reading a book here. It's 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 given to you a little bit at a time, um, and there's plenty of like interaction. So it's like a good one of those, but it is it is a visual novel. Also, it is about Europe um, in the Middle Ages. Uh, it's a lot about European art, European history, European law and business and stuff like that in the Middle Ages. Um, there's a huge glossary for all that stuff. There is there's a lot, um, and. Some of the things that they are constantly asking you questions and having you make, having you give slightly different answers. And most of the time, those answers probably don't mean anything, but pretty often they will tell you, uh, they will tell you after you give an answer, this will be remembered, or this is like affecting your thing. And sometimes they will show you a list of, of answers and the way they have it, the way they have it um, uh, displayed to you uh, shows you, hey, this is important. Like sometimes it's just like this word or this word or whatever. But then sometimes it's like it's like a bigger screen. It's taking most of the screen and it's got a symbol next to it. Each answer has a each answer has a different symbol next to it. And they explain what this means. And it's like, OK, this is a bigger deal than um, than other stuff. But. There's a, like a lot of the NPCs are kind of doing their own thing and they're, they're pretty well written. Even the, the few ones that I've seen, everybody definitely feels like their own person and not like one writer putting the same person just with different names and different clothes on. They do feel different. Um, it, the game feels really, really smart. Uh, you know, it does feel really smart. Um, I would like to play more of it. I don't know how much I'll actually play because it's not, it's not a video game ass video game. Um, you know, it's, you have to be in the mood to read a book or play this kind of game. Um, and it, it is interesting in its own right, but if you're not a person who is naturally interested in European history, it is going to be very hard for you to get through because it is, um, it's, it's a lot of that. I, I do want to ask you what role did you pick i i picked um artist or i think i should already an artist but i picked a religious uh guy a guy who went to like seminary school in college uh i can't hear you i think i may have lost you so i think my guy traveled europe or something like that uh like i had him travel italy uh so he was able to connect with um uh, with the noble that way because yeah. of my my studies in art i had a bit of some sort of bit of religious studies in the background so this game if you if you get anxiety about picking about multiple choices and not not knowing which <laughs> one is the right choice to oh, pick man. uh this is not the game for you uh because they keep especially early on they give you a lot of um you fulfill you start filling out your backstory and what your specialties are um uh, like I chose that I went, I was, I was scholared. So I went to school uh, to a certain extent or like what, what I studied was like, I want to say I chose some sort of speech and religion were the two. That's things exactly I what I did. I did speech. Uh, I did, I did uh theology and I did the orator. 
Um, that um, that's and, funny. And so it was, you know, like you, what you, you can see how they're stacking these, uh, these blocks and what they're trying to build upon because you're going to, uh, based on how your character can be built, you can kind of see like the gears turning and be like, okay, well, when chaos ensues, because there's going to have to be things that them go nuts, um, you're going to have to be equipped with certain, you know, these are going to be your, uh, your weapons as they were like, well, you're going to have to be, if you can't, if you can speak to the masses or if you're a good public speaker, then that might help out. But also you, the, the other things you can pick are like, well, I can focus my studies or something on a uh, specific art or specific religion, uh, the, the back, the history of the, the law or something like that as well. Uh, so there's a lot of things you can pinpoint. So, uh, you know, yeah, being able to talk your way out of something might be good, but also knowing what the hell you're talking about, you know, these, you know, having, uh, and then as you're making these, uh, conversations later, they will show you, uh, like, oh, because you, you, you've studied in this, you have a special dialogue prompt that you can yeah, now choose. That's cool. Uh, that wouldn't have been there had you not chosen that. So, yeah, it's, it's neat. Uh, you know, it's very much an obsidian thing to do. I just, uh, like I said, it was because it pushed me back so far, and then I, I literally had just chosen like a half dozen choices. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I'm when like, you're walking, I'm going to, yeah. Go, 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 well, I was just gonna say, when you're walking with the noble, they are firing a lot at you um, with uh, choices and stuff. So having to redo all that probably wouldn't take that long, but it's still just an irritating thing to have to well, do. Well, it's it's one of those things that I like to. I try to play something where with a game like this. I I I don't I'm bad at trying to make these decisions, right? Yeah. And the, there's a certain part of my brain where like I have to min-max this and I like but I try to I try not to spoil it for myself, so I'm not going to look it up. Um so I try to commit to what I do. But then if I'm given a second choice to it, I might like and especially since I played a little bit beyond and there was a couple of those questions, I'm like maybe I'll second guess myself and I'm like I just don't want to go through the headache again. Um, yeah. you know, so I was just, you know, because I, the first Mass Effect, I've played that one so many times, but I also saved Scum so much just to see what the other outcomes were at that given moment. Yeah. What happens when I, what happens if I, uh, talk smack to this reporter? Oh, I punched her. That was awesome. Okay. Now what happens if I, <laughs> you know, stuff like that? It was just, uh, I mean, that person did deserve it, but what happens if I do the most, you know, polite routes and, or what, where I went, I'd go through and reload just that scene. Uh, and then I do that with a bunch of other scenes. And I'm like, that was when I had more free time. I don't have that kind of time anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and, re, you know, and that's another thing. Resetting, resetting my time, making me lose. I'm like, I can't trust that game anymore because what happens if it just happens again? You know, I'm like, I, you know, I'm not just going to, you know, I should just spend my time with something else. So no, like yeah. uh, there was, there's a time in uh, the Abbey where I kept checking to see if it had saved. So you know, I, I I get I get autosave features, but there needs to always be. How do I say this? I, there's probably a, a hard save. There's probably a reason why a game might not allow a hard save, but I've never seen a good reason why you there should not be a hard save, uh, even if it's over the same one or whatever. Maybe it's because they don't want you to get stuck, soft locked somewhere. But I just so the best route for a game like this is to hard save, but then make sure it's at the prior checkpoint. 
uh, and that's the compromise you make because you don't want to save yourself right before a major decision and then just reload that same decision it. again and again. Yeah. Um, because that's that is the you know a bad case of save scumming. Uh, but you know at least if you can guarantee a hard save from the like the moment like because you think that the auto saves should be done every time there's a screen transition. Um, and like I said, I had gone through at least four of them, I think five, maybe. Yeah. Yours was totally a glitch. It had to be. And so I'm like, yeah, I I should be good. I have at the very least, I should be at the start of my walk with the noble, but I mean, that's, I I think I just transitioned into a new room, spoke to the nun. I'm like, all right, well, I got to step away. And so I should be, I should be good to go. And I'm like, they fired me so far back, which really wasn't so far back. But once again, at the time when I first started and did all the reading, that was like, you know, it was like 15 minutes or something like that, you know, maybe 10. But I'm like, I can just smash through it and answer what I do. About I just, it just killed my, uh, killed my interest and I killed my trust on that. So did you yeah, um, play this game on your phone? I can't remember. No, this one, I, I, I'm pretty sure I just played one. this one just straight on the computer. See, like, um, oh, good. No, yeah, it's just, it was shortly after it first came out. I, I just touched base with it. And yeah, it was, um, you know, like I said, I it it I, it looked neat. You can see you can see where it's going, but you know, and if you put in the time, it probably pays out pretty well. Uh, I just unfortunately am not putting in the time anymore on this. See, like this game, looking at it and playing it, uh, makes me feel like I should uh, get the Game Pass Ultimate so that I can play it on my phone because it feels like I mean it's very slow paced. You're doing a lot of reading and you're only clicking on things. Um, so playing it on my phone or playing it on like an iPad or something like that seems like the ideal place to play like in bed or, uh, in a, or on a, uh, on a bus or something that's jostling around where you don't have that much, you know, um, coordination as, as easy. I think, I think that'd be cool. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe it would be too small or something to, to click those tiny, those tiny, um, prompts but i don't know it seemed like a, an idea yeah. to me i think i think a tablet would work better than a phone just because yeah because if you're looking at the glossary you know when it starts t- trying to remember remind you of hey this is a piece of art they're talking about or this is a law that was going on or hey this is the person and then like you're looking up like how what's my relation to them or all oh, their their relationship to the town is this and you know there was a lot to read through so well uh i mean as much as there is to read through I really have to applaud the game for for allowing you to have it explain as much as you need to, as much as you need explained to you, and not really more. Like, they'll explain what they know they have to um, about the story, but a lot of the stuff about, um, like, every once in a while, like you were, like you were saying, there'll be a, a proper noun or a word like a like a like a scriptorium or something, which is um, scriptorium is where they would do they would uh, copy the books and stuff like, stuff like that. Well, that that word will be underlined in in red, and if you've never looked it up before, uh, so you can click on that word and it'll take you to a definition, um, which is very well stylized, you know, and looks cool. Um, and then whenever you come back out of that. Now that word is still underlined, but instead of a straight red line, it's a dotted line showing, hey, you've looked this up before. Um, so it's it's cool because it doesn't 
force you to do that, but if you need it, it's there for you. And I, I just really appreciated that. Yeah, they do make it accessible for everyone uh, in that regards of like what, you know, your wealth of knowledge or lack thereof. And that, yeah, it was neat. Uh, just, you know, once again, you have to, you have to be able to uh, commit yourself to reading, you know, this visual novel essentially. Yeah. You better, you better be ready to read. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's a, it's a cool game. Uh, probably won't, it's a cool game. I say, um, I, I do find myself wanting to play it more, but there's some other stuff that I would really rather get my hands on. So I might do that instead and maybe come back to those, but, uh, it's who a knows? fun, I think it might be a fun game if you go into it specifically trying to cause mayhem. Uh, instead of trying to play it right, I think it's mm. more, it's one of those games with a buddy or something, with a friend or showing them this and just specifically seeing what kind of chaos you can, you, you know, do. I think that might be good. Um, and that I might go into it with that kind of attitude. But yeah, um, all right. Well, that's cool. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad you actually touched, touch base with that one. Uh, and yeah, let me know if you go ahead and actually play any more of that because. I think we're I said where we left off. I think we're just on the cusp of things starting to kick off. And if you just give it another, you know, 15, 30 minutes or something like that, I'm betting you can start seeing that like that that snowball kind of roll downhill and gaining momentum. Well, the the helping the nun, a lot of things started to come together with the answers that I'd given and I had a chance to pass or fail and because of this and that, I was able to pass and so it was, I was like, okay, so there are some stakes here and I'm sure I'm going to run into stuff where I won't be able to pass. So that'll force me into a different thing. So it, it, it does have, it does have promise for that. So I don't know, maybe it'll be cool. Hey guys, just quickly cutting in. I mentioned at the top of the episode that, you know, uh, we we're going to talk about anime and how things are going to change. So because it's such a big part of our lives, we decided to go ahead and spin this off into a new podcast to tell us more about that. Nick uh, is here. So go ahead, Nick, take it away. All right, guys. Yeah. So like just said, we are going to be starting a new podcast. We're going to be calling it another damn anime podcast. Um, it's going to be a lot like this show, though. It will be a little bit shorter and uh, we'll be playing some games and talking about special topics. It's going to go up at the same time as another dead pixel um, but it will be on a separate channel, both on YouTube and on uh, podcast services. So be sure to look for it um, at another damn anime podcast. Uh, yeah, so that's that's all I've got. Uh, Joe, back to you. Uh, thanks a lot, Nick. And yeah, this is going to be a fun adventure for all of us. So hope you guys stick with us. Thanks. Okay. Uh, all right, then. Uh, moving on to what we've been watching. All right, I'll go ahead and kick this off then. Because... Uh, I started with some old ones. Um, do the holiday season, you know, you watch your usual, uh, you know, uh, people have their go-to movies. You know, mine's always, of course, the uh, the Die Hard and the Gremlins. Uh, those two are uh, just a Christmas movie as anything else. Okay, I, I uh, couldn't remember if you were on the Die Hard as a Christmas movie uh, side of the argument uh, or not. It is just a, it's just as much a Christmas movie as It's a Wonderful Life, uh, and I proved me wrong. Uh, seriously, uh, that like uh, the fact that it's a wonderful life is a Christmas movie just makes me nauseous. Uh, <laughs> so if if you can't, if you know, like, yeah, it's it's honestly just as much of it takes place in it, and that's all. There is no other thing. Most of that movie is done throughout time, a bunch of time spans, and it's not just Christmas. 
Um, now, of course, you got the um, the many versions of Christmas Carol. Uh, my favorite is still uh, Scrooge. Oh uh, yeah, you know that's, that's pretty good. Bill Murray's way more adult than you remember it if you if you only last saw it as a kid. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's pretty fun that way. Uh, but yeah, I actually watched uh, two of them that I hadn't seen in a very very long time. One was uh, the original Home Alone. Uh, it's I hadn't seen that in forever. Uh, and then uh, another one was uh, While You Were Sleeping. So my wife is a fan of that one. And it's actually not a bad movie. Uh, but both happen to play, take place uh, in my neck of the woods around the Chicago area. So that's uh, that was kind of just a fun coincidence. And we got... Uh, yeah, Home Alone. I just I remember it being really funny, but like watching, I'm like, man, this kid's a psychopath. Yeah, just straight up, like, you know, seeking help. <laughs> I mean, Home Alone really does hold up. Um, it, it's you know the practical effects, and it's you know it's pretty silly, but it takes a while for the parts that you remember to actually come. I mean, they're like at the end of the freaking movie. All the parts that you remember with all the crazy hijinks, everything else is kind of just set up. Um, but yeah, man, home alone is, it's a great movie to watch because of like now, because of, I don't know. It's just, it's such a nineties. It is such a nineties ass movie. Uh, everything about that is just such a, so, so middle-class America in the nineties. And, and, uh, it's, it's, it's great for all that. I love it. Yeah. It was, uh, it like that. Yeah. It, it does still hold up and it's, uh, it, like I hadn't seen it since uh, I I feel like since uh, the mid nineties honestly. Yeah, um, it is good. It came out it came out like ninety one or something like that I think. But uh, yeah, so it was it was entertaining enough. And then uh, while you're sleeping is an old Julia Roberts one uh, where she's just a ticket. It's, it's she, I ju- actually don't like I don't like Julia Roberts and I don't like um, Sandra Bullock. I I both I don't like me. Well, it's Sandra uh, Bullock who's in that one. Um. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then yeah, I got. I, I get them wrong too. And I so think I, don't care. I think Bill Pullman is the is the is the the main guy, the brother, um, that of the guy who's in a coma. Yeah. So the guy in a coma is uh, Peter Gallagher. Peter uh, Gallagher. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So that. So I mean. Um, that poor guy. Gosh, they just <laughs> they like. Fucking, they fucking so the premise of the movie, real that guy quick, so is bad. Sandra Bullock is in. Uh, she's she works at a ticket booth. She's in love with uh, Peter Gallagher, but she's just all she does is take his uh, subway tokens as he gets on, and she's like, one day I'll be, I'll work up the courage to com- like to ask him out or confess to him, and he's like a successful business guy who takes the subway, um, and he, uh, but yeah, he's dressed nicely in suits and stuff, and what he gets hassled and he, get, he falls onto the tracks. And so she saves his life from getting hit by a train uh, and he's unconscious. So as she's with, since she was there at the time of the accident, she, she goes with him to the hospital and she says to herself out loud, like, I'm going to marry him. And a nurse overhears that. So when the family shows up, they're like, who are you? And then the nurse goes, oh, she's the fiance. And the family then proceeds to adopt her. Um, and she has no family of her own. Uh, so conveniently, she just, yeah. Yeah, and it's just it's it's hilarious because you know like the, you know half that movie, well, most of the movie, uh, Peter Gallagher is just the the coma guy, you know, and then Gosh. yeah, so it's 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 a good movie. It's, it has a lot of, uh, 
Yeah, it was like it was a Bill Pullman. He's uh, the uh, president from Independence Day. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty so sure I had that I, right. Uh, I just remember him being the president of Independence Day. Yeah, so yeah. If that's the same. Yeah, I think that's yeah. his name I, though. But yeah, yeah, he was also in Malice. He's been a bunch of stuff. But uh, president from Independence Day is probably his his seminal role. Um, yeah, that movie is the movie's pretty good. It's it's quaint. It's um, if they knew how much of a Christmas movie that probably was going to end up being, they probably would have leaned into it a little bit harder uh, because it does feel like a Christmas movie. It's it's a rom-com, but there's enough like winter and Chicago kind of mixed it in. It literally takes place within the spans of like Christmas to New Year. Um, oh. It's like right before Christmas. Uh, and that's, you know, she, that the, I think that's when it happens is because um, she's like working that day because uh, her boss wants her to work uh, to halt Thanksgiving and now Christmas. And yeah. since she has no family, she she can work the booth. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and so and then it's within like, the family's like invites her to Christmas dinner and like, yeah, you're you know, you saved his life and your fiance, you should come over to dinner. And yeah, you know, so it's, it's like, one of those things where it's like she 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 sort of steps in it and then she can't she gets in deep and she just can't back out. Oh man, it's uh it's yeah, good it's it's good. They have a family friend who's like who knows the truth, and he's like, "Don't worry, I I'll handle this," and he doesn't handle it. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's it's good stuff. Uh, it's honestly, like I said, I don't, I'm not a fan of her movies. Uh, outside of like Speed, you know, <laughs> like that was. Oh, I'm um, trying to think. There was something whenever you said that the first time that I was like, "Oh no, I like." I mean, I I, I don't. Miss Congeniality gets a lot of love. I don't care for it. It's good. Um, it's good. Um, there's aspects of it that really hold up. Um, the net. That the net good. is not great. <laughs> I just watched part of that recently. Uh, man, that does not. That people did not understand what the internet was in like 1995 or whenever the movie came out. Um, they kind of did, it, but it was like, it, it's just, just, it's weird. The movie's weird. Um, I feel like there's something else though that she did that I really like, but. I just, I, you know, I, you it'd be any of the oceans movies. Uh, she in the she oceans. was in one of them. She was in she Oceans was least... Eight. She was Ocean. She was his sister. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> you would know that. <laughs> I remember seeing that movie in, in the theater. Um, Daggummit. Um, yeah. So, uh, there's, there's, I, I don't dislike her, uh, but I can't really think of anything that I specifically really liked that she's she's been in especially not recently most of the stuff she's been in recently i'm i'm like whatever but anyway that's cool that's a that's a good old that's a good old movie yeah i mean it's just you know, i hadn't seen those in many many years and so uh that was that was kind of what i ended up watching as those kind of movies and uh you know we just did a torrent of like old christmas movies what, what i wanted to see is that sequel to a christmas story because I just I'm very curious. I had I know no news about the reviews. I just know they made us the sequel and Ralphie's now an adult. And I'm like, I'm really just curious how that one played out because yeah, that I love that old I love the original. So Yeah, that one's Christmas story is what they play on TBS every year for twenty four hours, right? Uh, they, probably, they still I do that? Know. I haven't had TBS since high school, so I know I haven't either. Um I just wonder if they still freaking do that because man. And that was one of those things where I was like, all right, I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch this. I'm going to watch this all the way through one time. 
this year for the first time ever, and I never did. I never watched that movie in, in its entirety. I think I've seen all of it uh, literally 30 seconds at a time, uh, but whatever. Okay, so... Um, what have you been watching, man? I went and saw Avatar 2, or Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, so you've told me, I can't remember how much you are, how you actually really feel about the first avatar. So could you remind me briefly what you think of the first avatar? I think it's garbage. Uh, I think it's hot trash because I did not see it in theater. So I, I meant when, uh, when avatar first came out, the, the way to have seen it was, in 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 the IMAX with the three D you know glasses and for all the spectacle because it's one of those movies that you get way more out of it just like any of the later bad Jurassic Park movies it's more enjoyable when you're seeing it on a big screen um, so Avatar like I saw it at home and I'm like this is just a bad version of um, Dances with Wolves or like The Last Samurai but like just it's really Pocahontas. bad the concept is you know, person implanted in alien or in this time, literally alien, but a foreign environment and they just adapt and become one of them. Uh, and there was nothing good about that movie. Like I just, the, you know, they, the military guy turned out to be a bad guy. Who would have thought? And it was, nothing was convincing in that movie. It was just, it, the CG was amazing. And it's, if other than the visuals, the actual plot line was just not good. Yeah, people didn't like uh, the story because, I mean, like, it's literally Pocahontas uh, with some of the proper nouns changed. That's pretty pretty much it. But um, Avatar 2, I think that if you saw Avatar 2, I don't know if you would actually like it, but I am 99% sure that you would say that it is better than the first one. Um Avatar 2 is a simple story again uh but it's 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 a different type and there's a lot more moving pieces well there's probably like i would say there's there's like probably like uh if if the first movie is kind of about one thing um really then this movie is like about two or three things depending on on how, on how you look at it. Um, this movie, this movie is, I don't know. I liked the first avatar. Um, I do see everyone's point about it being, you know, overly simple and like not a whole lot going on, but I thought that the, I thought that the, um, characters were well acted by the people that acted them. And I thought they did a lot with a little bit, um, and yeah, the tech, I mean, the tech for it is, uh, is really good. I mean, that, that first movie still holds up as far as like how it, how it looked, uh, even compared to other movies of the time because of the way that they filmed it. They, they filmed, they filmed more for the long-term aesthetics rather than whatever was the, the hot tech of the week, uh, whenever they were filming. So this 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 movie this uh, Avatar two, um, similar in the ways of tech, uh, advancements for sure, but it's it's um, 
it really, you know, James Cameron really puts you in it. Um, this movie, like a lot of James Cameron movies, is three movies in one. And if you see it, you'll know what I mean. Like the beginning and the middle of, and the end are all kind of their own movie by themselves in their own way. Um, I don't know. I like this movie a lot. I thought that was a lot of fun. I actually went and saw it twice. Um, I went and saw it first by myself and then my parents wanted to go see it and I was like, I'll go see it again with you. Um, and I actually had a much better experience that time because I picked a better theater to go see it at. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's, uh, I thought it was good. I think that if you hated the first one, you're not going to really, you're not going to love this one. You might be okay with it, but, um, but, uh, it's, I don't know. I, I, I think that, that it's, um, I don't know. There's something sort of intangible about it that I like. And, uh, I think, uh, I think James Cameron is a, is a pretty good filmmaker. It's just too bad. He's, he's a bit of a dick. Um, but the dude has gone insane because of the series. Instead of making other wonderful movies, he should have focused on. He's just been he just parked his you know cart behind this one, and he gave up things like um, uh, Battle Athena. And he's just you know he could be making so he could have been making at least anything else, but he's like, no, I'm in it for the Avatar series for like one through five, um, and he just kind of lost his mind. Uh, it's kind of it's kind of weird how, I how think, dedicated he is to this. Which I mean, it's, yay, it's good for you. You're passionate about something, uh, but there's like it took forever. There's some stories about James Cameron. Um, he's he's pretty well known as being a dick in Hollywood, and there's a lot of there's a lot of jerks. There's a lot of dicks in Hollywood, and he's like stands like among them. I don't know. Maybe he's changed his ways a bit a, a bit more. But there's some stories about what he did on Abyss um, to Ed Harris that caused Ed Harris to punch him, um, and there's and just generally people just don't like him or didn't like him in Hollywood. I think that's kind of changed. I think that's probably why he went away for so long and just made documentaries and stuff. Um, yeah, this movie. That's one of the things that I can say about it that. Like, I guess if you hated the first one, then it doesn't really help the argument. But, but you can go from watching Avatar one to Avatar two, and even though they are thirteen years apart, it feels like you're stepping back into the same movie. Um, so, you know, for better or worse, that's really hard to do. No matter you know how good or bad the movie is, to come right back to where you left off, and I think it does that pretty well but it does it does advance some things and and make a more interesting story i think but anyway i I, i'd like you to to see it uh if you ever get a chance um at least start to watch it or watch part of it because i I just i would just want to know what i just want to know if he did make it any better uh in in joe's opinion and that's and that's really that's really all that i would i would want to know well, because they is Sam Worthington still the main lead? So I don't want to spoil it too much, but Sam Worthington playing uh, Jake uh, uh, Jake Sully and uh, Zoe Saldana playing Neytiri, they 
take a significant step back in the movie. They are still technically the leads, but by like a very slim margin. Their their kids and some other characters take big steps forward, um, which is kind of what I think makes the movie uh, better than the first one is you are paying attention to a lot more storylines than just like, Oh, the heroes there's uh you're, they do a lot more with the bad guy. Um, they, they change stuff up a lot. I, I really, I, I really don't think that you're going to love it, but I would say that I, I just, I just want to know your opinion on it. I just want to know how much it, 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 it's the changes in it would affect what you think just so I can get a better idea of like how Joe's mind works. Yeah. Because it was was one of those things that like everyone at the time when the first, when the first avatar came out, Hollywood was pushing um, Sam Worthington to be this new hotness. He was literally like he was in everything. I mean, uh, and unfortunately none of the things he was in really, for me personally, like panned out to be anything really great. Um, I mean, I, it's, I actually l- didn't mind the Terminator movie he was in, um, Salvation. Uh, that was the Christian Bale uh, one that everyone, you know, that yeah. uh, turned out to hate Christian Bale for. I remember um, Yeah, it's just like, I, I... I mean, he was in Clash of the Titans. He was in... Uh, Gosh, he was in everything. Yeah, I, from like two thousand seven, yeah, like they, they really pushed him and none of them actually panned out though. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always thought he was he was fine. Uh, he was he's a fine actor, um, but you're right. Like he's not really. Um, I think the thing is that he was in so much, and then he, either by his own choice or by force of the market, he just kind of quit acting. He just like went away because um, I haven't seen him in hardly anything in the past seven years, five, seven years. Um, and, and then he like came back for this and I was like, it was kind of one of the reasons why I thought that avatar two and three and four and however many they're going to make, I thought they were dead because I was like, well, you kind of have to have Sam Worthington in it at least a little bit. And he's like gone. So I figured that the series was just going to be dead. Um, it's really amazing that it's got made. I just can't, I can't, I, if you'd asked me three years ago, is this movie going to happen? I'd say, hell no, it's never going to happen. But here it is. Yeah, see, I felt it missed its boat, uh, you know, as far as Pete goes, because, you know, it, it should have been done, you know, for like, honestly, at most five years after the first. I know, I mean, yeah. the, there were there were people who decided to learn the language, you know, because that was available to the public. And I'm like, uh, that's that's um, that's like a Lord of the Rings meets Star Trek level of commitment, man. Uh, for for a single movie to go ahead and base to to learn a whole new language. Well, I mean, like um, like Avatar is, it's one. It's a weird thing because there were literal news articles about people you know, being obsessed with that world and wanting and going to see the movie a bunch of times because they didn't want to like leave that world. And, and I will say that as far as like a realized world, it's, it's pretty high up there. Like that place feels pretty dang real to me. Um, 
but there's a lot of people who who just like loved it for for those aspects and you know two years later nobody even a year later nobody was talking about it you know no one was like looking for more or like saying hey give us more um which is kind of weird like i saw many articles in, in recent years saying like it was like the biggest like flash in the pan movie like ever just huge makes tons of money everybody loves it you know or at least goes to see it and and has a good good critical reviews and all that stuff and then nothing yeah well weird. i can be honest with it I'm, i am not gonna go and pay to see this movie i don't want you to pay uh, though, to see it. I don't want though you to pay it is no it is the best a movie like this the best way to see it uh it would be that way just like if you go see something like a godzilla movie it's best it's because you want you want that you know experience uh, um i'll agree with you on godzilla but honestly i mean maybe imax is like a better brighter screen or whatever so whatever i didn't see it at imax but i but sitting in the theater uh with you know a big screen and a good seat and stuff and watching this movie i i kind of thought I would probably enjoy this more sitting at home in front of my OLED screen. Um, Cause it would be brighter. It would, and I don't know. I know it doesn't seem like that's doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but, but like, I think that if you have an OLED screen and it's a good size and you can, and you can sit in front of it at a good distance, then I think you're probably going to enjoy it more at home, especially if you have a decent sound system. And I, th- I think you do like, I know I do. So I think that's probably the ticket. Um, so well, anyway, so, you know, it, when it comes to, yeah, the OLED, the, the big thing is the HDR on it. Uh, but yeah, it's, as far as this goes, yeah, eventually maybe when it makes its way to uh, who, who actually, what studio is running this one? I think it's Fox um, or, oh, I know they're owned by Disney now, but I think it's Fox. I don't know. Okay, so it, you know, so there's a chance that it might end end up making its way to Disney. Well, Disney um, already has the first Avatar playing right now, so I imagine it it would. Oh, yeah. Okay, I didn't even realize they had that. Um, I, I do a lot of there. Disney for the kids, but I didn't even notice that they. Um, that's actually how I saw Home Alone is off of Disney. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I saw that on there too. Because yeah. I'm like, you know what? I haven't seen Home Alone since I was a kid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's exactly how that rolled out. Um. And actually, that's how while you're sleeping, I'm pretty sure that's a Disney one too. Now that I think about it, I bet it is. I don't know. Yeah. My wife pulled that one up, and so I was like, okay. So, okay. Uh, yes. Anyways, uh, yeah, that's it for the show, man. It's, uh, <laughs> right. Love it, hate it. Just pull the maybe rug watch right Avatar. out. <laughs> um, yeah, I I just say let it go, and if if it's meant to be, it'll come back again. Uh, <laughs> That's Maybe the way if I Avatar was. Three ever gets you know pumped out. Whenever I heard about them talking about like five and six avatars, I was like, "That's bullshit! Shut the fuck up! That's never gonna happen." But now it seems like it's gonna be like one every two years. At least they've got they filmed two and three at the same time, and they're gonna hope they're gonna try to film the other ones simultaneously. But but I'm like, I'm still. I think three will come out, but I'm still dubious about any more because that just seems like a lot. But whatever. I don't know. Just it seems it seems like he's just going for the um, uh, Peter Jackson approach. Just make it make it long enough for everyone to stop caring about it. So all right. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking about not caring about it, uh, I'm amazed if you made it to the end. So, <laughs> so am I. 
Oh my. Uh, yeah. It's been another year uh, here with another Dead Pixel, and we appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So I hope you all have a have had a good holiday season so far, and I uh, hope you guys have a wonderful new year. And we'll see you on the other side. All right. See ya. Take it easy, guys. Bye.